Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I'm so excited. I rarely get to record in person, so this is like also a treat for me. But I'm also honored to have Martha Holiday Garrett with me. And I met Martha when I moved to Fort Worth and started working at TSCRA and have quickly learned you are Miss Fort Worth, you are Miss Agriculture, and everybody knows you. I feel like everywhere I go, when I say I live in Fort Worth, the first question people ask me is, do you know Martha? So I'm honored to know you and excited to have you with me on the podcast today. So to kick things off, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. I grew up in Missouri in the Ozarks uh, on a cow-calf operation. Uh, my dad was uh, also in the auction business, uh, farm sales and estate sales and sale barns. So that's my background, just, you know, a farm in Missouri, ranch, whatever mainly people call them farms there. So I grew up doing all those kinds of things. I went to the cattle side. My brother was way involved in rodeo and he loved the horse side of it. And so my dad was also a dealer for gooseneck cattle trailers out of Bryan. So all my life I'd been going to Bryan with him or by ourselves to get trailers. So I knew about Texas A&M from doing that. And that just seemed like the place to go to school. For me, I was kind of wanting to move a little away from home, I thought. So I did 12 hours if you don't stop. And um, I got to A&M and just loved it and loved Texas. And here I am this many years later, uh, still here and still loving it. And you're the biggest A&M fan of anybody I know. You are a devoted Aggie fan, even, even in the bad the current yeah even yeah I'm I'm definitely one of those that has battered Aggie syndrome and I wait till next year it'll be better yes I but hey basketball season has started we can kind of get away from football so but yes I do love my A&M roots I loved my my professors at A&M who were so instrumental in my life and my roommates that are still my best friends and a lot of associations so yes it was a great decision for me well what kept you in agriculture? You obviously grew up in the industry, but now choosing to have a whole career centered around agriculture, what kept uh, you? I never really considered anything else. I, when I went to A&M, I decided I, I'd already decided I wanted to be in ag journalism, ag communications now. And I love the beef business. I wasn't interested in crops. I wasn't interested in hogs or dairy. I, it was always the beef business. Um, so the program at A&M, which was one of the draws, was that you had a lot of electives uh, that you could tailor to your interest. And I lived at Clayburg. <laughs> uh, my, my electives were all in animal science. So, and most people at A&M thought I was an animal science major because I was over in Clayburg so much. So, 
So you graduated from A&M and we just talked about you had one employer before you decided to go work for yourself. So talk about what you do current day. Okay. Well, the story on my first job was, uh, like I said, my professors at A&M played a real role in my first job and, you know, which led to my whole career. Dr. Hesby, Dr. Harold Frankie, I mean, Frank Litterist, uh, they were just, I mean, pillars in the community of A&M at the time. And uh, they were so uh, kind, but they were so helpful to me. And at A&M, they still do this today, uh, the interns at the Houston Livestock Show. So I had interned every year for a week. In my senior year, I don't remember the specifics, but whoever was handling it said, hey, could you work two weeks at Houston? We're short somebody this week or that. And I was like, I don't know. Can I get back to you? Okay. So I ran in Dr. Hesby and I told him and I said, I just don't know if I can miss two weeks of classes graduating in May. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he goes, Martha, you need a job way more than you need class at this time. Do it. So I did. And he was right, as he always was. I, um, the interns in the press room, we covered the shows and wrote the releases, interviewed the winners. Uh, that was the kind of the thing that we did then. Now they do all this videoing and all of that stuff, you know, but that's what we did. Uh, so I got assigned to bring the show and lo and behold, I met a gal named Karen Cowan, who's still a dear friend and, uh, just visited with her. And she asked when I was graduating and I said, May, do you have a job? no, <laughs> but I need one. And she said, well, we're going to have an opening. Send me your resume. And Nancy Mackle, uh, Nancy Ward, Mackle Pruitt, that we lost this summer, uh, was the editor. And Nancy was coming to work at the Cattleman. And so Karen was moving up. So that left the opening for the assistant editor position. So I went back, got my resume together and put down Frank Litters to, uh, from A&M as one of my references, you know. So I got the interview and then Mr. Litters had a connection with the EVP at Brangus at the time, Jerry Morrow. And I really believe that it was probably Mr. Litters' recommendation that really got me the job, not my resume, because I think he told uh, Jerry that, you know, to hire me. So I graduated on a Saturday morning from A&M and met Karen, my boss, at a sale close to College Station that evening. So it was 1980, hottest summer of ever, and much hotter than this year. And we did all the photography for the ads, and uh, which I didn't have any experience in that, but it was, Karen got me trained real quick that summer and I was on the road in that heat all that, I, I mean, I didn't think this summer was hot at all compared to 1980. So. Fast forward, I'm there four years, Karen leaves after about two, and I become editor, and it was a great time in the purebred business. Uh, the tax laws were very favorable, and things were just uh, real exciting. We would have two and three sales a year, a weekend, and traveled all over. Oh, gosh, I went from North Carolina to Washington State, I mean, on for Brangus in four years and everywhere in between. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, Jerry, the EVP, had he hired a bunch of young kids. In fact, uh, 
about seven or eight of us, and we're all still very good friends. All of them but me are pretty much directly still in Brangus. I'm just kind of indirectly still involved in Brangus. But so it was a great, great office uh, set up. And so and they're still some of my dearest friends. And uh, so that was real exciting. It was just a great time. You know, I learned on the fly. I mean, the things they teach you in class is one thing, but meeting deadlines and all of that. It was so different back then compared to how we do things now. For example, if the cattleman fieldman sold a Brangus ad, they just called us for the client and it was our, you know, we sent it to you. We would meet the bus a lot of times at 10 o'clock in San Antonio where the Brangus office was to put these pasted up boards of ads so that somebody from the cattleman staff could pick them up here in Fort Worth the next morning. So now, you know, we just email it. It's so, so different. So, um, I was there, like I said, four years, and then I decided to open my own business. I was about 25 and 26 years old, and I did not pay attention to my advisor at A&M and take a business class. I just kept putting that on. I was over. I wanted another elective in animal science, not a business class. So here I was. I started my business, and I had some great clients to help me get started, just from a not just from amount of work and. Uh, financial stability and those kinds of things, but uh, clients that were patient and taught me things and were great mentors like Glenn Brinkman, who was on the cutting edge of things in the cattle business then. He was the first to syndicate a bull and uh, he's still a a great person to me. In fact, I, I saw him not long and this year, uh, Clayton Williams and Gary Bruns at Williams Brangus. Clayton set me down and gave me some business 101 real quick. And Jim and Luann Williams at V8 Ranch, uh, those were people I did a lot of work for in the beginning and for a long time. And in 1986, I met uh, a guy pretty much my age from Kentucky uh, in the Simital and Simber business, Tim Smith. And he was working for an outfit uh, at New Bronzeville. And I started doing his advertising for that ranch and he would eventually leave and start his own operation. And I'm still working for Tim. So it'll soon be 40 years with Tim. So uh, that's a long-term relationship. But And those still exist, but great loyalty. But, uh, you know, they just, I got to work for some of the greatest, I think, cattlemen of the times. And and the thing, and the cattle business was uh, really changing then in the purebred business. Of course, then in, later in the late 80s, all the tax laws changed and things kind of took a dive and I weathered that storm uh, because I had clients that got caught up in it. And so payment, you know, issues became a real thing. I learned how to survive on that. And, but so what is it? 84, I started my own company. So here I am. Oh gosh. 40 years. Yeah, year. 40 years. I'm still, I pretty much am doing the same thing. It's just done differently now with all the technology, ads, catalogs, Oh, and I need to mention in 1992, I started uh, writing for Southern Livestock in San Antonio on a contract basis. And I, that changed to a salaried position at some point. But uh, so I've had the, uh, that as a client for a long time, too, which um, that that's phenomenal. So there's a paper every two weeks to prepare for. So I now, of course, I do social media for my clients and uh, did a lot of photography in the beginning. I gave that up a few years ago uh but so 
what I do hasn't changed. I write. I I spend a lot of time uh, meeting deadlines and nagging at my clients for the information I need to meet deadlines. That would probably be a big part of my job. But I still love what I do. I love to write some ad copy. I don't love writing articles as much as I probably once did, but that's just because I'm I'm still right. I mean, drought has been a big thing in writing. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Drought affects it in the cattle business. So I think I got burned out on writing a little bit in like 2000. Let's see, when did the drought start? 2009, 2011, whatever. But so everything I do is still the same and I still love it. I get up every morning and I'm motivated. So I'm the one thing I can say I was I'm trendy on and this business is I moved my office to my home in 1990 and started home office thing. Then when my first daughter was uh, six months old, I guess, and things were changing in the publishing business. That's when desktop publishing came along. Email was really starting to, so it, you know, I probably couldn't have done it had technology not changed either, but I've never regretted working from home. Well, and you're someone who, you really enjoy travel and hanging out with your friends and something I feel like you've mentioned continuously so far has been your friends and you've stayed friends with people. And I know you have a great friend group because I've gotten to meet some <laughs> of them. And so how, what does a day in your life look like and how have you found this balance of working and enjoyment and vacation and traveling? Well, I would have to say it took me a long time to learn a good balance. Um, I'm probably just now kind of getting that one figured out because I had two daughters and they we moved to Canton uh, when they were, uh, Lindsay was starting kindergarten and she's the oldest one. Uh, so then, of course, showing came with them. We had cattle by then. And uh, of course, there was 4-H, FFA in the small town. You do everything, the church things. And I was working. And so I probably didn't balance things really good then. Of course, now I... Um, they're married and have I have grandkids so my balance now is working my grandkids honestly but how do I do that well I I'm a big goal setter so okay. I set all kinds of goals for like on a week basis a month basis a year basis I have my little list and so that helps me manage my time and I've gotten much better at not being always accessible to my clients. If it were on deadline of a catalog or a major project, then yes. Um, had a catalog that had to be at the printer today. And I started on it at six this morning. But that's because, but I'm a morning person. I My clients all know I'm a morning person and really don't mess with me after eight o'clock at night. I'm probably, But I have gotten much better about you don't have to answer that email. It's eight o'clock. It can wait till morning. And I love the schedule of send on for emails because I get up early and I can have all these emails ready to shoot out at 730. <laughs> but so that helps me because I, I really have uh, I have my best hours at work. I'm a morning person. So up until about two o'clock, I'm gung ho and I'm going and about two o'clock, you might find me over on Trinity Trails doing a 30 to 60 minute bike ride because that's how I pick myself back up and I can still get my emails and stuff. But so a typical day starts for me. Oh, I'm always in my office by 630 or seven and in busy time, which is August and September for me. 
it might be earlier. So, but, uh, you know, you get up and I, I love what I do. And so, and I love the people I work for, you know, after 40 years, you, I mean, you can eliminate the ones that you don't want to work for. Uh, I've gotten probably better about that too. And, uh, but I, I really do have great clients now and that helps. And, um, and, you know, my clients have always, of course, it's the business. I mean, I worked for families and they understood my families. And when I had things I had to do with my girls and now my grandkids, but um, so, you know, it's, it's not something, both of my girls work in corporate. So I get this kind of outside view of their corporate world, but it's so different for me because so many of my clients over the years have just been like family. So they, I hauled my girls to, you know, the meetings, the shows with me and everything. And, so your clients also then became your kids family uh, to some degree. And of course, showing everybody's the family when you're showing and some of our best friends are, you know, came out of that, too. But uh, it, it's been a great, great way to live. <laughs> so you talked about goal setting. So what is a goal in 2023 that you accomplished in 2023? Uh I made it to the Smoky Mountains. I hadn't seen those. We lost the game at Tennessee, but I did get to see the Smoky Mountains. So that would have been one for this year. Um, I also, I want to, you talk, I have great friends and I really try to make time that I see and even some I don't see often. Uh, so I've gotten to see a couple of old friends that live in other states this year. So that's been, that one's important to me. You definitely have a great girl group. I have a great girl group in Fort Worth. It's easy to have a great girl group in Fort Worth. <laughs> and so how would you say, like, you benefit from that? Oh, well, I've been blessed in life to have two great prayer partners and accountability partners. So I would start with them. Um, they've kept me grounded. They go through the tough times. They go through the good times. So that would be one way because um, sharing prayer concerns and praying together and um, doing Bible studies together. That's good for a way to stay connected and to stay connected on what's really important. Um, my girlfriends would probably say I'm the connector. You're I, the glue that holds your group together. Yes. My college group. I think every time we've gotten together, I've been the one that says, we got to get together. We got to do this. We got to meet up. And, and I do that with my girlfriends. I mean, in fact, I just sent out a, a text to the ones that live here about something to do next week and uh, so I just enjoy them I mean they're I do have a great group of friends but that keeps me um, going I guess in one sense uh, with activities and things like that and uh, I have one daughter and three grandkids that live in Alito nearby so I spend Time. And then my other daughter and her husband live in Colorado and have one child. So my big goals for this year is how much I spend with my, my family and my mom is still uh, alive in Missouri and my brother, his family live there. My mom's 87 and she's a ball of fire and she's just a, an inspiration to me because she walks two to three miles a day. She volunteers for everything, still rides her horse. So, you know, Spending time with her is important to me, and I always come away inspired and 
feel kind of like a lazy slug <laughs> compared to my mom. <laughs> I feel that way when I go home and I hang out with my mom yeah. too. And, uh, and I'm involved in a lot of organizations or my church is important to me. And I grew up with parents that were never consumers of anything that they were involved, uh, attended or participated in. They were always contributors. And I think that kind of rubbed off on me. I know it did. So if I'm going to be a member of something or be associated, I, I want to pull my own weight. I want to do my part. So, you know, I'm involved in Fort Worth Aggie Club. That one's um, been a real blessing to me once I moved here after divorce and like 13, 14 years ago when my girls were in college. So I enjoy that uh, farm and ranch club. In fact, I think that might've been how we met. Um, of course we go to church together. So, you know, I've got things at my church. I'm real uh, committed to that are heartstring issues for me. So that helps. And that creates more, you know, the more you're involved or the more you're uh, in a volunteer or organization, you just meet people and you find out you have things you enjoy together, you like together, and you find out, hey, some you don't mesh with too. I mean, but oh my um I was talking about my the group at AM. My uh I'd been there a year and they hired a girl from Louisiana, Melanie now Fuller, and we became best friends quick and we were even each other's legal guardians for our kids before they became adults. Her and I are still like sisters so well something you mentioned that I loved was you said you don't just want to be a consumer you want to be a contributor and I love that mindset and I feel the exact same way so that's probably one of the many reasons we are friends and we get along but you also haven't mentioned um Martha is really great about taking the young girls under her wing <laughs> um Martha and you have just been like super faithful and praying for us and the things going on in our life and just being a, an inspiration to us. And so why did you decide you were going to take on the 24 year I did decide. <laughs> uh, this goes back to one of my college roommates who, in fact, she's coming in a couple of weeks uh, to visit. She lives in Oklahoma now, but uh, her son was at A&M and he got an internship in Fort Worth for the summer so she calls me and she goes, hey, Graham's moving to Fort Worth. We, he's got to find a place to live. What would be your recommendations? Well, and from my own girls' experiences, I knew that those summer internships, uh, sometimes they provide housing, sometimes they don't. You can't just, you know, get an apartment for three months. They want longer leases. And I said, well, Graham can live with me. I've got two extra bedrooms. He could live here. Well, Graham lived with me that summer. And I think I've had somebody at some point every year living with me since. Um, and most all but two have been girls. And of course, you know, the TSCRA interns uh, have used or have lived with me. Uh, others have had other, I had a girl from Kansas one year that was, rec um, our good friend Diane Johnson told her that she ought to see if, uh, this is my friend. See if you can live with her. So Taylor Matheny, that's at Hereford, she lived with me that summer. And the next summer she calls me or, you know, spring calls me. She goes, do you have a roommate for the summer? And I said, no, but I'd take one. Why? She says, well, a good friend of mine from K-State's going to in intern with the Cutting Horse Association and she needs a place to live. 
I said, okay, have her call me. What's her name? She goes, oh, it's Taylor too. I'm making this easy on you. You could, so it's just kind of happened that uh, the words kind of spread. And then I've had some that live with me during the stock show. And um, then there's Kendra who was in and out for about a year because of COVID. You know, she graduated during COVID and found part-time work here. So I don't know. I just try to be accessible. I know that I would it was important who was in my girls' lives when they were doing those kinds of things. So that's kind of, and again, just because Graham needed a place for the summer and I kind of realized this is a real need. Yes. And they've all been ag kids that have lived with me and ag in an ag position. So, you know, that's. You just have welcome, welcome Matt at the door and you mean it. And you, I feel like have been really good at also supporting them after they've lived with you um I, think I hate it when they have to when they do call me for advice because I know they're probably really needing or desperate at that point but when they do I'll admit it does make me feel a little uh you know maybe I'm not so uh old and not relevant as I sometimes I think I am when some of them reach back out to me and and I've kind of kept tabs on all of them well, they're all they're all they're all doing well and successful. <laughs> well, I know for me, like after an intern leaves here, like I always say, like I'm your biggest fan now. Like I want to know what they're doing and where they're at, and like I want to see them succeed as well because yes, I, you're I, a small part of their story as well. And occasionally, a couple of them have called and said, "Hey, I'm going to be back in Fort Worth for a week. I need to put like one was when the NFR was here. Uh, she called. She goes, "Hey, I've got this gig I can do during the NFR." but they're not providing housing. And I said, sure, come on. <laughs> so, well, if you could go back and tell yourself anything, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, that's easy. Everything's not the end of the world. I mean, for me and my business, you know, a, a picture put in the wrong place in a catalog or uh, something that's wrong in a catalog or, an, you know, all those things I used to just uh, lose lots of sleep about and feel so bad when there was a mistake in a job. And I mean, mistakes happen. And sometimes the client sends you the wrong thing. I mean, it's it's a combination, but those used to just really stress me out and put me in a funk for three or four days. And most of the time, if you just take the the lead on it and say, this is wrong, it, it was my mistake. I'm sorry. And I'll make an adjustment and, you know, life goes on. For, but I used to get so stressed out about that. So I have kind of learned that what I do is not so important that it's going to be the end of the world, even for my clients. Not, not that I want it, but I use, I, I think that's an area I've really grown. And, and again, the business has changed. Now, when you look at an ad proof, you see it as is. In the old days, it wasn't that way. It was much more difficult because of the layers of uh, amber lith and stuff that you had to put type on so I think uh, technology has helped there too well and, oh that's another good thing about having all these young people live with me it's like I have my own IT uh you know support system yes. so that's good because you know you can only bother your kids so many times on things like that I understand when I know one of my siblings is going home and my mom has tech issues I'm like they're coming in a week can you wait? Do you really need my help right now? So I asked all my guests this on the podcast. So if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Oh, that's tough because I live by sayings and motivational statements. And my girlfriends would probably tell you she drives us crazy with the number of them she sends to us. My phone is filled with them. 
I have my billboard is filled with them in front of my desk. I pick one almost for every week <laughs> to have on my list of things to do. So, oh, I, that, I need, I would need a digital billboard that we could change every day. That would be ideal, but probably one that I have in big letters at my desk and one I try to, to do, but one I need to practice on every day and is pray first because I'm a fixer and I'll rush in with all my solutions and rush into my day. And so pray first would be. But I could give you about 30 more right now, right out of my phone. <laughs> I just love stuff like that. And I love sharing them with my girlfriends. Well, I love that. And I think that's something we could all use. And thank okay, you so much. Okay, I'll put much. you on the list. Yes. <laughs> I always need motivation and inspiration. I also love quotes and things like that and try to find something all the time to inspire me or motivate me because it's not always. And sometimes it's just confirmation that what you are doing is good. So, and I. I try to send those kind to my girlfriends too. Well, because I so do much. have a great group. They they so they don't need a lot of motivating. <laughs> they are a great group, and they are also movers and shakers. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining me, Dave. It's been so fun to sit down with you, and I know my listeners are really going to enjoy it. Well, you're you're a bright shining light in Fort Worth, so we're glad you're here. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.